We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast on the Rotoviz Radio Network. I am your host, Nathan Powell. This lovely podcast is brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. And I am joined by the one, the only, Dan Sanyo in the building. Dan, week 11, right? Week 11 is in the books? Week 11. Holy moly, week eleven is in the books. Playoffs are creeping up. I don't even know what, what I don't even know what week my playoffs start this year. I can't even remember. <laughs> I don't know if it's 14, 15, or 18, but um, you know, we we're getting there close. Time flies when you're having a miserable time playing fantasy football with everybody injured and apparently points no longer matter, neither do uh, neither do players or who starts or who sits or who gets benched. Because we're just starting quarterbacks that no one's ever heard of, running backs that don't actually exist. And uh, the wide receivers are holding up okay, it seems. That's right. Jim Carrey is key. Uh, not Jim Carrey. Crap. Drew Carey. Big fan it, of Jim Carrey, though. <laughs> Drew Carey is keeping score of all your fantasy teams, uh, and the points don't matter. All right. Let's get into the show. we got some news, some notes, some coaches' corner, and some rookies. Um, no rookie of the bet, just some rookies to talk and maybe a sophomore in, in the mix. So, our first news was I love it. It is my favorite that Dan, I talk about it every single time. People talk themselves into corners predicting future NFL transactions. First, on the day Tim Patrick signed a four-year contract, free Cortland Sutton is free. It's a miracle. <laughs> Woo! 
And then, Dan, four days later, what happens? What happens four days after Tim Patrick signs a four-year contract? Oh, 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 Cortland Sutton signs a four-year contract. Um, so Cortland Sutton, not free. Tim Patrick, not free. What do we make of these long-term extensions for, for the, the pairing? Well, I, I think Denver is doing a really good job of, of posturing and, and making that, that quarterback spot look very, very tempting for it's got to be, in my opinion, one of Aaron Rodgers, uh, assuming that Green Bay and, and Aaron Rodgers part ways, or the Seattle Seahawks do have a potential out with Russell Wilson. I would assume that would involve some form of, of some form of trade unless they go full gung-ho rebuild and they just want Russell off the books. They're like, hey, you go do what you want to do. Uh, but uh, like I said, it's got to be posturing for them to get one of these real deal quarterbacks in and win because even though they did sell Von Miller, uh, the uh, the amount of playmaking ability they have on the offensive side of the football, you don't have to be the most stout defense in the league if you've got four legit wide receivers, and I am including, unfortunately, KJ Hamler in that bit, as well as Javante Williams. Uh, what's left of Melvin Gordon? You have Noah Fant. That that is a formidable offense, even with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. If you can upgrade to Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, all of these guys, even with what will most likely be kind of a, a lower target volume per player, the efficiency increase, the the uh, what these targets are actually worth going from Teddy Bridgewater to an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson will be a significant gain. So. I think it is good for the Denver Broncos. It's probably not great for a fantasy outlook because it's going to siphon a lot of targets, you know, not necessarily siphon, but everyone's going to want to eat. Um, you know, we, we've kind of seen Noah Fant grow and, and become what we believe is, is a pretty high end tight one, tight end one, mid tight end one. Uh, we know Jerry Judy is great when he's healthy. Cortland Sutton has proven nothing but the fact that he can play as well. And Tim Patrick has been a nice surprise with KJ Hamler over the top. And we're still kind of waiting on Javante Williams. We know what Melvin Gordon is, but this team offensively is ready to win. They just need the quarterback. Uh, so I think it, it stings a little bit from the fantasy uh, outlook, but I don't necessarily think I'm downgrading any of these guys at all because Tim Patrick still is relatively free. Cortland Sutton has been kind of always undervalued aside from maybe rookie drafts when he was coming out uh, and Jerry Judy is probably fairly valued at, at this point in time. So I, I don't really think anything crazy changes for those guys. It, it could change if Aaron Rodgers does become the Denver Broncos quarterback, but uh, we're, we're still a way away from that. Yeah. My, my takeaway here is that it kind of lowers the weekly floors of all of these guys, because we were anticipating at least one of these guys being gone. And now Sutton, Judy, Patrick all have to share a receiving core with each other. And so I Tim Patrick's like long-term floor does raise because now he has this long-term contract. And Sutton's floor does ding a little bit because he now has, you know, one very good wide receiver opposite him and Jerry Judy, which um Ryan tweeted out the other day, and I'm I'm pretty sure it didn't change this weekend, that Cortland Sutton has never outscored Jerry du Judy in a game, which is kind of crazy. Granted, Sutton was injured and Judy's been injured as well, but Judy is clearly through that stat, the number one in the Denver offense. Um, but the floor I think is a little bit lower for Sutton and Judy knowing that Patrick has the long-term contract. 
Yeah, it, it's like like I mentioned, it was just kind of it, it stings a little bit. But I, I do think this is clear posturing for them to to up the ante and make at least three of these guys. I mean, somebody's going to be missing out, I think, in, in the long run, whether they have a Hall of Fame quarterback or a rookie quarterback. Someone's just not going to eat quite enough to be worth, you know, a, a bigger investment, whether it's Fant, Judy or Cortland Sutton. Um, I don't think Tim Patrick really plays a huge role into the the main target share, but they paid him like he's, you know, he, he's going to get some looks. So he, he's been a really nice complimentary player. Uh, and he's been really great, honestly, when he's had to fill in and when Judy has been out, when Sutton's been out, when Fant's been out, um, he's he's shown he can do it. And it was a well-deserved contract. So I, I do hope that we see a big-time quarterback go here because it'd be fun to see this offense truly because they could be special with one of these big quarterbacks and of course this is a very tired talking point but you know the broncos they definitely couldn't have used justin fields or mac jones like that 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 wouldn't have made any sense dan would it could you imagine this offense with mac jones right now i i I mean they would be doing what the patriots are doing all right let's move on to our coach's corner jason garrett um after uh joe joe judge basically made the announcement monday night saying things are going to change on offense after their poor performance and the worst pass i've ever seen thrown to steve mcclendon (laughs) the defense attack for the buccaneers um basically he said he was gonna make changes on offense and immediately did so because if he didn't make this firing he was going to be the one getting fired on tuesday morning um so jason garrett fired I don't think there's much of a dynasty implication here because I think this is the death knell for one Daniel Jones. The Giants will be investing a high pick. They have both their own and the Bears. So it's kind of a race to the bottom to see which one of those picks is going to be higher. Um, But I would be shocked if they exit the top 10 of the draft without a quarterback, um, even in what might be a debatably poor year for quarterbacks. Um, But yeah, I think that this is the end of Daniel Jones. I think that Galladay's floor is zero until proven wrong. And you know, that this giants offense it and Saquon Barkley is just injured nonstop and just can't get anything going. So you know, the Giants offense, if you have any Giants fantasy players, you're playing for 2022. There's there, there's no Giants guys that, like, I'm confident putting in my lineup right now. Yeah, it's been, without a doubt, uh, the struggle bus for this offense as, as a whole. And, you know, we can blame Jason Garrett all, all we want because he's one of the worst play callers in the NFL and in NFL history, to be completely honest. And he was just a puppet in Dallas. So we kind of all knew how this was going to go. I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. But there's not really anything here outside of like a 35% healthy Saquon Barkley that is overly enticing. We've seen a flash from Kadarius Tony. I still believe he's a flash in a pan type of player. Uh, uh, a home run hitter only. Unless you put him at quarterback because that gun last night. Whew. That's true. He there was he showed some promise. That's that's the best quarterback play I've seen since like uh, Kerry Collins maybe when he played for the Giants. Uh, it's it's been interesting. I think you're spot on where they'll be probably going after quarterback. Daniel Jones was never the answer. I I, I understand these franchises have to at least make the attempt, uh, but this had like Blaine Gabbert written all over it. Uh, you know, the, the athletic upside is is nice and we get to see it every once in a while. But 
his ability as a passer with or without any of these weapons, whether they're healthy or banged up or, or whatever has been wildly inconsistent. He's just not a, a starting NFL quarterback. Unfortunately, he, he's never had that caliber. Who go granted, this is, or we're, we're digging deep here. January, 2022 startup, February, 2022 startup. Who goes first in a Superflex startup, Mitch Trubisky or Daniel Jones? <laughs> I still think it'll probably be Daniel Jones, but that's another one that, you know, these, those guys, it's, it's that Spider-Man meme. Like we've done before. It's, <laughs> it's Blaine Gabbert, Mitch Trubisky and Daniel Jones all sitting in a circle pointing <laughs> at one another, wearing a Spider-Man mask. And guess what? Blaine Gabbert like just scores points whenever he's on the field. <laughs> <I know>. So <laughs> he's looked like probably the best out of all of them, which is truly unfortunate. So yeah, as far as the Giants playmakers goes, I mean, if you can buy low on Saquon for like really next to nothing, not next to nothing because no one's going to sell for that. But um, I mean, maybe I understand the intrigue in Kadarius Tony. He's still probably relatively cheap. The rest of this offense I can do without uh, Galladay. I mean, he's approaching like droppable pretty soon here. This is this is getting real bad. Uh, Evan Ingram, who I had real high hopes for, thought he was going to absolutely eat the way they've kind of built this offense uh, has been an utter disaster. He just looks like he forgot how to play football. And as much as I love Sterling Shepard, uh, he's going on, what, 29. And I mean, he's just your your run of the mill slot receiver. So um, not a whole lot of upside here. I can't imagine there's going to be a, a lot of uh, a lot of really interested high-end offensive play callers that are like, you know what? I really want to go there because they got that Daniel Jones guy. And look at all of those wet. Look at those wet. Look at Saquon Barkley. Well, sure. No, the the intrigue for for the Giants' job will be those two high first round picks. Yeah, exactly. Now, one of those teams uh, that they have the first round pick of is the Chicago Bears, and they are also going to be on a coaching search fairly soon uh, because they have, you know, put through the grapevine that they will be firing Matt Nagy as a Thanksgiving present after the Thanksgiving <laughs> game. Um, I'm not sure why they didn't just fire him Monday. Uh, you know, let him enjoy a turkey day with his family. He's like, no, you are going to That was do the punishment. <laughs> yes, have one more game. You don't get to be at home for Thanksgiving. Matt Nagy uh, is on the proverbial chopping block. Um you know, this can only really be good news for one Justin Fields, but I do have a random take that is going to be right, and it's going to be funny when it is. The ba- the Bears' next head coach is going to be Todd Bowles. Um, just letting you know, that's it's going to happen. Like, Todd Bowles is going to get a job, and the Bears are the team that rehires Todd Bowles every single time. That will that will be enjoyable. Uh, my selfish ways and hopes that Justin Fields gets something is that they get uh, Eric Bieniemy and see. I, I was thinking that, I, I was thinking that too, but they're not going to go back to back Chiefs offensive coordinators. There's no way they could do that. Well, yeah, I, I going back to the Andy Reid tree I, I instant is probably not the the best move after you had such a miserable failure in the first one. Um, I, that's just, I, I feel like he has more to hang his hat on than Matt Nagy did at the time of the hiring. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. You know, obviously changing coaches in a young quarterback's career is, is not necessarily a great thing, but getting away from a Matt Nagy. 
it is highly variable. Like there oh, are sure. definitely definitely young quarterbacks that get a coaching change and then whoop, you know, skyrocket. And then there's, you know, the Jason Campbells who have eight head coaches in their first six years. <laughs> I still love Jason Campbell, one of my all time favorites. So is there any other shakeout from this? I mean, obviously Allen Robinson stock up, I guess. Like is, wait, Well, he's gone. Uh, my my assumption would be he's gone yeah. in twenty twenty two. He's a free agent. I can't imagine why he would hang around. You know, David Montgomery probably get a gets a boost. We hope that Justin Fields continues to take strides forward. And the offense is built to to run. You know, when we see these random drives, it was like, hey, let's showcase Justin Fields. Let's let him make throws. Let's let him get out of the pocket. Like, why aren't we doing this all game, every game? It's it's clear he has the ability to to do those kinds of things, to be a like a, a Kmart version of of prime Cam Newton. Like he he's got that. It, they just refused. Matt Nagy refused to do it. So, um, you know, there's there's definitely upside in a couple of these players. But I, I think this is one of those teams offensively we'll see a major overhaul with. Speaking of overhaul, before we head into our next topic, you can overhaul your fantasy game with Roto Viz RV Radio 2021. It's a promo code. It's your Black Friday sale, 10% off everything you need from fantasy. Get your content, get your tools, and support the podcast. Get involved today and figure out how you're going to handle Matt Nagy getting fired on Black Friday and not the Black Monday kind of Black Friday, the Black Friday kind of Black Friday. Was that confusing enough for you, Dan? Mm, no, I followed <laughs> you the whole way. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next. The Jets might need an overhaul, but they've already started the overhaul, and it might not have overhauled very well, according to Dan and his Zach, Zach Wilson take. <laughs> I still have faith in Zach Wilson. Um, so my take here is Elijah Moore is blowing up without Zach Wilson, and the blow-up will just continue once Zach Wilson puts his helmet on straight. Do you recall a conversation we had, I don't know how many months ago, about who the worst team in the NFL would be in 2021 and how I was adamant and correct that it was the New York Jets. And you said if it was the New York Jets, they would absolutely be drafting a quarterback first overall. I think we're well in line for that, Nathan. This team is abysmal. They're probably not going to have the first pick, but they're going to be real close to it. Obviously, the Lions, we would assume, are, are going to be that team. But they, even when Zach Wilson's been healthy, obviously that team isn't really uh, <laughs> isn't built to win quite yet. That offensive line is 
is quite a hodgepodge. They've got a couple of players. Uh, Elijah Moore has looked fantastic over the last month with the the quarterback carousel that has been the New York uh, the New York Jets, excuse me. And honestly, the only bright spot in this offense has been Elijah Moore. And when draft day, draft night, draft weekend happened, I don't think there was a player I was more sad about than when Elijah Moore went to the Jets. I I had real high hopes. I, I thought he was going to be one of the better wide receivers in this class. And then and then the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets drafted him and my soul crumbled. But I still got a couple of shares because he was relatively cheap. And I'm kind of happy I did because Nathan, like you always say, talent wins out. And I think Elijah Moore can win out because I do think he's good enough to overcome how bad this team is going to be for at least a couple more years. Yeah. And there's always the caveat of that. If the team is bad, there's going to be high passing volume, high passing volume equals more targets for Elijah Moore. Um, he's been more polished. He's been better than I was expecting, you know, at this point in his career, especially, you know, he had the injuries in the preseason, but I, I definitely didn't predict a stretch of three games where he scored a touchdown in each seven catches, three catches, eight catches, 84, 44, 141. So definitely some uh, nice stretch of games being put together by one Elijah Moore in the absence of Zach Wilson. We'll see if that ends up just being like, yeah, of course he's better with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is <laughs> playing Gabbert. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that Elijah Moore could be a buy high. He could be a guy that you pay, pay more now because it's going to be double the price in February. Yeah, I mean, he could be, you know, not not to go crazy about it, but he could he could get a significant boost if the Jets figure this thing out. He could follow kind of that trail of like a Jamar Chase who was kind of going that mid second, even early third uh, as as 101, where 101 normally does go. You know, you know, here Najee Harris kind of along the same lines. And then we realize this player is actually quite good, obviously. Uh, Elijah Moore doesn't have Joe Burrow. He doesn't have the Cincinnati offense, but they've got a couple of pieces. Maybe Zach Wilson figures it out. Maybe that offensive line starts to to play a little bit better. I mean, we've seen Mike White, Josh Johnson, and hell, even Joe Flacco look like they know how to play football in this offense. So uh, there's there's really only one outlier here, and that's Zach Wilson. So if he can straighten things out and you know, obviously he's a rookie. It, it happens, but I, I do think that there is a pretty significant ceiling for Elijah Moore with even mediocre quarterback play. Let's move on to a team that does not have mediocre quarterback quarterback play, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Clyde Edwards-Alaire returned from IR with a 12, 12 carry for sixty three yards and a touchdown, two catches for thirteen yards and no touchdown there, and. With the, the good old snap count, Daryl Williams, 53%, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 47% of the snap count. So Daryl Williams had a higher snap share, but Edwards-Alaire had more touches, uh, eight touches for Williams and 14 touches for Edwards-Alaire. So my one worry was when Williams was playing well, are they going to say, why are we even putting CEH back in? And the answer is always draft capital, draft capital, draft capital. They still want to play their way into being right about drafting Clyde Edwards-Lair with the 32nd overall pick. So um, at the end of the day, in this offense, volume is volume. But that volume is severely diminished than what we were expecting because now he's splitting basically 50-50 
with an undrafted free agent or whatever Daryl Williams is. <laughs> I mean, that that was that was kind of what we assumed, though, right? Like we, we knew that CEH wasn't just going to come back and be healthy and just not play. We, we knew he was going to come back. We knew he was going to get at least half of the carries. Uh, and that's definitely the case. But like you kind of mentioned, you're, you're chasing the volume in this offense. You can you could just completely erase those names and just say RB one, a RB one B, whatever. And you're going to go get them because it doesn't matter who they are. They're going to score points when they're playing. And even though I, I think CEH is very mediocre, he's the RB one a now. And obviously, you know, arguably just the RB one in that offense again, when healthy. So at, even though I think Daryl Williams is, I mean, just as good of a player, if the Kansas City Chiefs are playing CEH, that's who you got to go after. Uh, I, I think the buy window is probably slammed shut unless you do see big things for CEH. If you think he can return to like mid RB one uh, scoring and pricing, then then you can still probably buy him. I just don't really see with Darrell Williams and the way this offense is run, how he's going to get an exclusive workhorse, you know, role and and really thrive in it. Obviously, again, we're chasing the volume, but we also need him to be decent for them to trust him with that role. And the fact that Daryl Williams is still playing the amount of snaps he's playing tells me that they don't necessarily trust CEH in, in like the, the football sense of it. They're going to give him the carries because they paid for it. They, they, you sure as hell better get your work out of them. But they want Daryl Williams on the field, and that's, that seems evident to me. Let's move on to our final topic. And as as we often do, we'll wrap up with a tight end. And it is one Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth has gotten some action early on the season. And he's about to get even more because Eric Ebron is expected to be out a lengthy amount of time. So Pat Fryermuth into the tight end one, you know, seat for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Where does that put his fantasy value at today, right now, Daniel Senyo? Well, it's tough because you still kind of have a loaded, not not as loaded, but still a loaded offense. You know, you're still your primary there is Najee Harris. Obviously, you have Deontay Johnson, who is going to continue to get over targeted uh, when Clay, when Chase Claypool is healthy. That's a that's an, a, a big playmaker, you know, an important factor in that offense. Obviously, Juju out and now Eric Ebron out. And this is historically an offense that likes to get tight end targets. And as Ben Roethlisberger becomes worse and worse and older and older and his arm doesn't work as good, the tight end seems like it's the easier play to make between between Najee Harris and Friermuth, Friar's mouth. Um, I mean, I just feel like the targets are going to be there over the last five or six games. I mean, it's been six, seven, eight targets like per game. Now, they're not crazy, you know, high value targets, but he's getting red zone looks. He's got four touchdowns in his yeah, last four games. They, they may not be long targets, but they are high value targets because they're, that, yeah, they're, they're I, touchdown I, targets. That that was a stupid misspeak on on, on there. <laughs> yeah. The red zone targets are are massive because that you know, and that honestly is probably a ding on Najee Harris. So they're gonna be throwing down there. He's gonna be open probably more than Najee Harris is gonna be because that the defense is gonna be honing in on him. So Trying to take away those wide receivers, take away Najee Harris. You know, tight end, like I said before, has been pretty important to the Steelers over time. So um, he's 
he's boosted up. I, I, you know, over the last, the last little stretch here, he's been, uh, dare I say, more impressive than a Kyle Pitts. Well, Kyle Pitts has decided to take a little, little, little no- November nap for Kyle Pitts. He's like, you know, I, I, I did enough in the first two months. I'm just, just chilling right now. That, and of course, the Falcons are a embarrassment to the NFL. For reference, for those of you who are like, no, it's Kyle Pitts. He still had that one huge game. Kyle Pitts over the last month has had 13 yards, two games of 60, and a game of 29, uh, where he was targeted very similarly to Pat Fairmouth. So, um, I mean, are we going to put are we going to uh, hold on, Nathan? Okay. Before I say, let's put him up in that conversation on price to acquire. We would rather have Pat. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I I would rather have McDonald's than Ruth Chris. Like it, it's much cheaper to acquire Pat Fryermuth. $80 steak or diarrhea. I probably, yeah, I'm probably going to go with the steak route. But um, I, I do think that we can start putting him higher up in conversations. Uh, are we really keeping oh, we're, Dallas? Oh, we're we're going we're to bump him up to like Applebee's or? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't be hating on Applebee's. Uh, I, I mean, do we really want Dallas Goddard over Pat Fairmouth right yes. now? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I hate sure? Dallas. Go- Dallas Goddard has taken years off my life. <laughs> are we sure though because I, I feel like one of these guys has a higher floor than the other based on the offense that they're in yes absolutely but you know the quote-unquote offense that fire moves in we don't know what offense he's going to be in next year much less you know the future mm-hmm. I, i'd have to imagine it's still going to be a tomlin team and and something similar to whatever ben roethlisberger currently is maybe maybe it's Jameis winston maybe they turn the keys over to whoever the backup is hopefully not mason rudolph Maybe they draft, they trade up and, and get a quarterback in the draft. Um, you know, the, the talent they have offensively is is a pretty decent draw. Maybe it's Russell Wilson. You know, maybe it's one of yeah. those guys. I, I like Firemuth, but I still think that like his week his weekly floor is probably still pretty low. Do you have him as a tight end one based on the last month? I mean, yes, like probably like in the, if I were to write down rankings, I'd probably put him like the tight end 10, 11 range. Okay. And I, I don't think that's necessarily low. I, I honestly just think he's probably a little bit higher. I, I love the tie to Pittsburgh with how they offensively his, have always used tight end. His upside is higher than like everyone who's ranked below him. And probably oh, for a, sure. a couple people that are ranked above him. Um, yeah. Like he, he has legitimate in the next like 18 months, like top three tight end upside. Granted, a lot of tight ends have top three tight end upside, but I think Firemuth is like one of like the five or six legitimate ones. It doesn't take much to get tight end three upside. All you need to do is be healthy and get like six targets a game and, and you're golden. And if a couple of those are red zone looks, we, uh, we're cashing in. All right. Well, we're going to cash in the check that Rotoviz sends us, and you're going to uh, subscribe RV Radio 2021 to help support the podcast, all those lovely things that you do for us. We appreciate you. Week 11 in the books, chugging along. Any last words, Dan? No, hit him with the outro. Kadosh!